Hey, y'all. This is uh, Jim Surge here, your host of Open Bar Talk Podcast. Um, You know, I I don't really have the best words right now for this, so I'm just going to run with it. But uh, a friend of mine who's been on this podcast, uh, the episode you're about to listen to right now, uh, Nicole Osborne Struck, uh, recently passed away uh, unexpectedly and tragically. and I wanted to re-release this episode. Um, in the liner notes um, the, that'll be coming soon, uh, there's going to be a GoFundMe uh, to raise some money. So please uh, donate to that. Um, and if you knew her, you know how amazing and funny and just all-around dope uh, Nicole was. So uh, I wanted to, again, just uh, re-release this episode, uh, you know, in celebration of her and you know I uh, hope y'all enjoy it have you ever wondered about the wild activities that go on at a bar well that wondering ends right now welcome to the open bar talk podcast where host Jim search sits down with bartenders near and far to hear the whopping tales that only a drink slinger has so buckle in have a cold one and enjoy it And it's happening again. Welcome back to season two of Open Bar Talk podcast. Uh, we are very excited to uh, continue along this magical ride of bringing bartenders on, talking to them about their lives and shit. Uh, it's going to be a fun time. Uh, you know, I I feel it goes without saying, but uh, this is being recorded uh, during a quarantine uh, as the last like five episodes have been. So, you know, normally I have guests here at Jim Jam Studios, but you know, the guests I'm about to introduce, I'm very excited uh, to uh, uh, introduce uh, y'all to her. She's very dope. I'm very excited she's here. But before I do that, um, I will tell you how you find this show. Uh, you can email the show at openbartalk at gmail.com. That's a good place to get a hold of us. Uh, you can also, uh, find us on Instagram, openbartalk. Uh, you know, I post some stories about, uh, my times of getting fucked up, uh, because they won't ever stop. But I have some pretty funny stories on my own, so certainly go look at those. Uh, you know, if you want to find the show, uh, platform wise, iTunes, Stitcher, iHeartRadio. So if you're not an iTunes person, you can hit it up on Stitcher. Uh, rate, review, subscribe. Uh, that's a very important part uh, of making this shit happen and keeping the show afloat. There's analytics and shit, so I've heard that make it so that people can find it. And uh, so just do that. Um, so now that I have done all of that, I would love to introduce... The first guest of the second season who, you know, I've known her for years, uh, and, you know, I'm lit, like, it's weird to introduce someone I'm looking right at, but this is such a weird world we live in. Uh, I'm Skyping her in from Chicago. Um, you know, she's very cool and she's definitely got some crazy stories. And, uh, you know, I'm very excited to have you on. And Nicole Osborne Struck, how are you, my friend? Hi. So good to. I mean, virtually see you, but it's great you know, to, great to virtually see you too, my friend. Um, you know, again, this is a very insane time that we're living in. Um, so I'm uh, sure. just, uh, happy, uh, happy you were, uh, on the show. And, you know, it's kind of funny how you, uh, found out about the show, right? Because you are friends with many of the bartenders who have been on the show. 
I'm friends with and have worked with um, several. Yeah. Uh, um, it's funny. Yeah. Cause you had done an episode with Jericho and I, I mm-hmm. worked with Jericho for for several years actually at the Royal Palm Shuffleboard Club. And then um, Andreas was actually my manager at Revival. Yeah. And then mm-hmm. Alex Dunbar was, um, I, w- I worked with him at, again, the Royal Palm Shuffleboard Club, but he actually worked at Revival before I worked at Revival. So it's a small, a small little tight-knit bartending community. I yeah. would... I would definitely say that, uh, for sure. And, you know, and it's funny, just a quick aside. I don't know if you're working at the Royal Palms at the time, but I used to, uh, this job I had, we had our holiday party at the Royal Palms. Yeah, um, I remember. Were you there? Were, I don't remember. I was 100% there, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I was 0% there. Well. Were you there for like a wedding or something? I feel like somebody did like a, like an, did they do a toast or like everybody had to be quiet and you were like, Ugh, I just need a drink. And I was like in the corner, like, <laughs> if you like, I, uh, well, it was like, it was a holiday party. It was uh, like, we did it there. And, you know, I just, I remember like, cause I was shooting the shit with you and Jericho was working and Dunbar was too. And like the people I worked with saw me just like shooting the shit with all of you. And they're like, how do you know all these people? I'm like, well, I've been drinking for 15 years. So, and they're my friends. So that's how I know them. And then uh, I think, I think it was you, uh, when they like called last call at the party and I looked at you, I was like, is that for me? And you're like, no, come on now. We're going to keep, let's just, let's just keep going. That's silly. And that never happened. (laughs) That is sticking Um, from the record. Um, So, yeah, so you have, uh, you know, some ties with the show before, uh, all of this, and we're excited to have you again. Um, so why don't you just tell, uh, tell us, you know, how did you get into the world of bartending? What was your first dive in? Uh, it's, it's interesting. I mean, I'll talk about this stuff, like, I guess, after I turned 18, because I, I, I feel like I spent an unreasonable amount of time in bars, like when I was like 14 and 15 and 16, um, <laughs> same, <laughs> like kind of a re- like it's, it's dumb. Like, so we'll, we'll, uh, we'll skate over that in case, uh, you know, yeah, yeah um, totally. What it, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but I guess like the summer between, uh, high school and college, um, I worked at this place in, in my hometown in Minnesota called, uh, Westwood. And they had this party boat that used to go out on the lake. Because mm-hmm. everything is on a lake in Minnesota. Uh, and, yeah, I bartended um, on this party boat. And, uh, yeah, it was crazy because I really didn't know what I was doing. I just thought that if you, like, you know, this, that you should just make the drinks strong and then they just give you money. Um, <laughs> But the part of that, yeah, the part that I didn't really understand is that they also have to get off the boat at some point, and they were just, like, completely fucked out of their mind. I was like, it's fine. This is how you bartend, right? You know, so. Send people off on a crash course. There is. Yeah, in an ambulance. Um, So that was before tips and all of that stuff, obviously, like the tips course and the responsible serving courses and all of that. So, yeah, that's, that's, uh, I guess first legal bartending job I had. Um, and then 
yeah, from there, I actually, there are several other places, but then I went to the UK for a while and there I, uh, you know, bartended in a, actually the campus pub. Okay. Um, and that's when I was like 19, 19 ish. Um, and I actually, I actually got fired from that job and I didn't get paid in money. I got paid in drinks. <laughs> Wait, um, how does, uh, what's the uh, scale? How do you, uh, get paid in drinks? Like if you do well, you get like, is it throughout the night? Is it a, how does, how did that work? Well, so the thing is, is that you, like, you could drink while you're working or you could drink while you're working. Not really. I air quote that, but like, so you drink while you'd work and then you would, um, and then you'd get like essentially like tickets kind of Mm, mm -hmm. when you were working, you could come in and drink, which also meant virtually nothing. I believe at one point the GM and he'll like, maybe he'll listen to this and he can confirm this, but I'm pretty sure that the bar staff was drinking more than the customers were at some point. (laughs) Yeah. Um, and I like, you know, yeah, I was, I was like the American girl, essentially. Like I, I really, again, didn't really know what I was doing. I had to pull pints. A lot of them were like the, uh, the manual crank pints where you have to like hold the pint glass up and like crank the beer out of the kegs, which oh, I never, wow. and I honestly thus have never seen afterwards. I've never been anywhere that I've had to do that. Um, but I'd like brace one leg up on the bar and like, yank this you know lever back and forth and crank it out of it it was ridiculous but yeah um so so there's there and then I think it all kind of like then after that I could you know as far as resume building or whatever or what have you then it kind of there's a lot of places after that yeah well well, here, I guess my, well, first I want to say, uh, you know, I'm certainly no Warren Buffett or no economist by any stretch, but I'm pretty sure that that is not the best business model is to have the uh, bar staff drinking more than the customers. I'm not, I don't know if that's how that should work, but. Yeah. I mean, yeah, probably not. I'm not sure how profitable it was. Um, and then they also don't tip there. It's because it was the UK. So, I mean, yeah. Uh, and I mean, I don't, I don't know. They also didn't have to, I don't know. They didn't have to pay us a salary. So if it's just drinks, then I guess. So I guess my, so like, would, would that be like the major difference? I mean, from bartending here in the States versus the UK, like, you know, for the listeners who've never been, like, what is that? What's that experience? Um, it's definitely unique and different. Um, yeah, you really don't tip there at all. Um, and if you do, if you leave money on the bar, then they just, it just sits there. They don't take it. They won't like, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's not yeah. Like, yeah. So it will just literally sit there. Um, although I'm like the ultimate creep. And when people would come in and leave money in the bar, I'd take it. <laughs> <laughs> well, that is the American way. So yeah. we, uh, Bye. So, yeah, so we, yeah, I mean, yeah, I I think that just, like, in general, like, pub culture in the UK is just, is is just something that's, like, beautiful and amazing, and, you know, it's, people are down there to, like, have a laugh and hang out and stuff like that. The music is generally not super loud. Pubs close also fairly early. Interesting. Um, 
yeah, they're, they're normally, I, I can't remember exactly. I think it was like 10 or 11. And then once the pubs would close, then everybody would go to the club. Um, oh, so like the pubs are more like a, I guess for lack of better words, like a pregame or like before people, some people using it as that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, that's actually what I use my shift as. So I worked every <laughs> Thursday, um, pregame during my shift. And then I would go to this, this place, um, in the large city of Chelmsford, which is in Essex uh, County. Um, and the name of this place is escaping me, but it was just trash, man. It was like, I, and I think everybody could agree to it. I can't, rem- I cannot remember the name of it, but um, I'll come, maybe I'll come up with it. Who knows? But yeah, but then we'd go there and, just be stupid humans. <laughs> year old stupid humans. So. Well, you know, I have to say, uh, clubs, clubs support that. I think a club yeah. will be, club, clubs will be on, uh, on your side for that sort of behavior. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm pretty sure I got drugged there. It was that kind of a club. Oh, okay. <laughs> My friends brought me home. But, yeah. but yeah, yeah, no, still, still probably not great, you know. Um, right, right, yeah. Uh, but that's a hey man. That is part of being nineteen, right? Mm-hmm. And partying, uh, partying over across the pond. Um. All right. Well, look, you know, this is. I think this is a nice little snapshot of uh your uh, beginnings of a bartender. Um. And so that brings us to you know I think the heart of the show, which is you know what are some of like those like, I guess, I, like memorable moments you have as a bartender. One of those events that really have stuck out, or just like, oh my god, I can't believe this shit is happening. Or, you know, something just like, wow, this person's really doing that, you know? So, like, just tell us, like, do you, what, what are some of those times you've had? There's, I mean, there, there's a lot. Uh, cause I've worked probably at like maybe like a dozen different places since then. And some of them have overlapped. Like, I mean, I know you from when I worked at Revival, right? And right. so, yeah, like, yeah. There, yeah, there's a bunch of stories from there. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and I, I wasn't even there that long. I was there for like a year, maybe. Um, that's all it takes. <laughs> that's, all, that's all it takes. Um, there's a few from there. Do you remember the, the weed Santa? Mm-mm. I don't, no. but I'm very curious to know, uh, about that. So we, we didn't, it didn't legalize in New York, but this, this was like, this was maybe like six years, five or six years ago, but it decriminalized. So essentially, you know, you would get a ticket if you, Mm -hmm. yeah. And so the day that that happened, this guy came in with this, like, it had to have been like a, like a four quart container, like large, uh, just filled to the brim. It was a bell jar actually. Um, Right. 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 Just filled to the brim with weed and he was like, fuck yeah, yeah, I can't get fucking in trouble for this, fuck yeah. He's running around with this, and he's just literally sticking his hand in this jar and just handing us literally handfuls of weed. And I think, like, our friend Andy was there. I'm pretty yeah. sure he was there. Yeah, and he's like, oh, oh, okay, dude. And just literally, and so I'm looking at him as he's doing this, and I'm just like, yeah, I think it's like if you have, like, a gram pretty sure you have like a pound of weed in that. Yeah. 
I think there's also the uh, intent to sell. Uh, you know, if you have over a certain amount on you or if you're in a container, I don't know. Um, yeah, I mean, realistically, I probably should have said something, but I didn't. I just let it happen and then, like, kind of. <laughs> well, well, like, what do you do? I mean, that's, I feel like, you know, in a situation like that, that happens so quickly and you're just like, what the fuck is this guy doing? Now, the so the weeds, like, was he just, was he, he wasn't dressed as Santa, He's just no, like, but we just call it. I started calling him Weed Santa because he's like, <laughs> I don't know, maybe I should have called him like Weed Oprah or you weed. get a car, you get some weed, I yeah, and but you I, get a pound and you get a pound. But I guess he was like really, really drunk and didn't remember doing that because then he came in like a week later and I was like, hey, hey, Weed Santa, and he's like, what, what, what are you? bro what and i'm like ah, never mind <laughs> hey you know I, r- mistake i'm a, a different person you might have given me like an ounce of weed but y- it's fine you know hey um, you know that's a that's a whole you know that's neither here nor there but uh what are you drinking man let's see if we can get you back there again and see yeah, if we can greatest, get some more weed greatest thing i don't even smoke weed and uh, not not that i have anything against it but i definitely was like sure i'll take take some why wouldn't yeah. you now, I mean, yeah. So now here's my question is when, uh, Weed Santa, uh, uh, came down the chimney, uh, of sort. <laughs> or the stairs. Yeah, or the stairs. <laughs> either, either or, you know, it, they both start with C. It's fine. Uh, now what was like the reaction of like, cause I'm, was it a packed bar? Like was, do you remember if there's, how many people were around to see this happen? Um, I think like most of the bar stools were taken, so maybe there was like fifteen people, but there was like standing room. It okay. wasn't like packed whatsoever. I mean, I, it, it was a small bar, so it was easy to like for it to look full. I don't know. Um, yeah, it wasn't it wasn't that busy, but it was enough people. What like and what was like the reaction? I mean, like, like they were all just staring. Right. Just and then. Yeah, and then they all wanted weed, obviously. <laughs> and so, like, some of them had enough, like, had, had like, uh, like, the bravery, I guess, whatever. I don't know, bravery, weird word to use for this. But, like, had, like, whatever to walk up and be like, hey, can I have weed? And, like, he was like, sure, here's weed, you know. Um, it was just, it was a, one of those great, yeah. Which um, I, I feel like, like, it's, like, one of two things, right? Like, one you know, this is a trap, right? <laughs> like, that's where I'm going yeah. in my head of just like, okay, this doesn't happen, right? Mm-hmm. But the other side of it is, is just like, this is too fucking crazy for it to, like, be anything other than what it is. Like, because, like, I feel like those, I mean, those are two very different sides, but both very real in, like, this dude just showing up with weed Nobody does this. So, like, he can't be, like, the DEA. Like, why the fuck would they just send this rando into this bar to just give out weed, you know? It was also the dumbest thing, too, because this guy was obviously, like, really not very informed as to what decriminalization looks like. So, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, so it was kind of one of those head scratchers on that end. But, I mean, drugs are ugh, drugs are, are relatively prevalent and in in this industry. <laughs> there is a, uh, there is certainly an overlap, right? Uh, and not that they have influenced decisions throughout, uh, the course of, uh, bar history. So there, there they are. So. Uh, there is, 
like, so I managed, so I, you know, jumped out from behind the bar roughly like two years ago. Right. Um, I was like, whoa, this is how people live? Weird. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I have a holiday off? Sweet. This is cool. There's, there's literally vacation days. That's the weirdest thing ever. So I've not, I'd never had a vacation day before in my life, like paid, you know? Right. Yeah. Right, right. But so like the place that I was managing up until like the COVID stuff. Um, yeah, there, there's this, there's a bathtub in the venue. A bathtub. And I don't want to like, I'm, I'm not going to like, I'm not going to name the puppy on this one, but yeah, yeah no, don't, don't. Venue and at the, at the, and then the bathtub was filled with something, not like, like, like a dry good. We'll call it a dry good, right? Because okay. if I tell you what it's filled with, you're totally going to know where this is. But yeah, um, but it was filled with something. And one time I actually found like a vape pen at the bottom of it. Um, and you know, like they allowed children and stuff at this place. So it's funny. You would find like <laughs> random stuff in there. Of course I pulled a vape pen out and give it to one of my bartenders who immediately takes a hit out of it. Oh we're my trying, God. Yeah. We're trying to like develop the cocktail menu. She's all high. Like, this is just <laughs> like, I, I, I just, I don't know. I want some, I want hot Cheetos. And so it just, you know, um, and then just like, that I mean, just the multiple times that you're just like cleaning up at the end of the night, and there's just drugs all over the floor, and you're just like, "Cool, floor drugs. This is floor drugs. Cool, <laughs> floor drugs." <laughs> <laughs> Which you know, I think in some worlds would be a sustainable market, right? Just like, how did you make all your money? Oh, I just found floor drugs, and I turned them over to a profit, and here I am. And pill identifier exists, so we're gonna be able to figure out what this is. This is cool. Just... And and what this does. I am yeah. I am uh I guess I don't know, pardon me maybe because I'm like older and you know, one foot out of the world of partying like that. Um not that I ever like moved outside anything other than alcohol, but just like for someone to just find a vape pen and be like, All right <laughs> and then just go for it. You know, that, no, like... Well, I mean, me too. I'm 36. Well, about to be 36. So I'm like, I yeah. mean, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, but, you know, whatever whatever floats your, your boat, man. Hey, you know, I am not a goalie. I don't block you. <laughs> I, I, yo, I'm going to let that, I'm going to let the puck get in the net, man. So you just, you take your shoot your shot, man. That's how you yeah. got to get down, you know? Yeah. So, all right. So that was, so that was weed Santa and that was floor drugs, right? Um, let me, well, let me ask you. So like, are there any like, um, like, you know, uh, Tinder dates that you've seen over the years, first dates, like that were just like, oh my God, this guy is going down this road or like, wow, this woman is completely wasted. You know, like something, something along those lines. Um, Yeah, I don't know that I have any specific stories about it, um, but there's definitely, like, days of the week that are more popular for it. Like, Sundays is, like, the day. Okay. Um, yeah, and people would come in and be on dates. Actually, at the place that I, like, that I was just referring to, there there is what appears to be a sugar baby. Yes. And- Sugar daddy. Um, anybody who works at the place that I was previously working at will know exactly who I'm talking about. Cause this chick and, and like I work in an activity or worked at an activity based bar. 
mm-hmm. you have to move around a little bit in um, okay. to like be a part of kind of. Um, but she would come in and like platform stiletto heels, big, like just like teased up hair and this, and, and like, just like, like in it. And then the guy that she was with was always like this older gentleman. Mm-hmm. They would come in quite a bit. I don't think this is a Tinder date, obviously, because they they came in multiple times enough that I recognize them and be like, "Hey guys, how's it going?" and like say what's up to them, you know? Right, right. Never, never knew what the story was. Only one other time they had another guy with them, but otherwise, yeah, definitely like sugar daddy, sugar baby type of thing. Because like, because if you go if you go to a bar, that's uh, you don't dress like that if you're with your dad, man. Like, I mean, <laughs> you're just not, you know. So. um it reminds me, I have a, a, a comedian friend of mine, Chris, who has a joke, um, uh, and it's basically a game you play out at a bar of saying, is it date or daddy? What's the story? <laughs> <laughs> what, do, what do you think that is? You know, and yeah. odds are that's a daddy. That's, that's, uh, yeah, yeah, that's, that's a, that's a something. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's always like this, I mean, yeah, it's always seems like, it's always a bit awkward. Yeah. But it's also awkward when they like make out at the bar and stuff. And then, I mean, I like to make it more awkward. I just stand back there and stare at them. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I was going to say, um, yeah. Like how do you double down on this? Like you're trying to make me awkward by just tonguing each other down here. Well, you know what? I'm going to sit here and watch. How about that? I see that and raise you this, you know? Um, Yeah. I like, take a few steps closer and everything and just really like, (laughs) you know, cross my hands over, like, you know, cross my arms and just stare and just say, you know what? You're going to put on a show. Well, well, let's, let's watch this. Now, did this couple, did they do that? This, uh, sugar daddy, sugar, uh, baby that would come in? No, Okay. no, no, they wouldn't. They would just, uh, yeah, they just play, play their game and like, you know, and, um, yeah, I actually never, I don't think I ever saw them actually touch. Mm. Huh. Which. I don't think about it, yeah. You know, in some of those situations, it is, they're they are paying for the company. They're paying to, to hang out. Yeah, yep. There was an actual, there's actually a, a, in when I was living in New York, I was bartending and there was a sugar baby that used to come in all the time because her, her daddy, I guess, was uh, down the street, and she never. I, I guess she would just have to like give him baths, and that's it. Wow. And I was thinking about it, and I was like single at the time, and I was like, God, I would give some old dude a bath to like. Fi- All right, fine. You want to pay my rent in New York City? Twenty eight hundred dollars. You got it, sir. Let's go. <laughs> Let's make this real. I, hey, look, I got bills to pay. Now. We're all, you know, can't we, we all? But. Yeah, we all got a price, right? Yeah. Now, so this, so that, so the sugar baby in New York, did she like, she was a regular? Was this at, uh, you didn't even tell me. Um, it was at, it was at Meads, um, in the South Street Seaport. Okay. All right. Yeah. Um, I'll, I'm just curious of just like how that information came to be. If she was just like, well, gotta go give a bath now. <laughs> oh, she straight up told me. And then, and then I, of course, this was also like probably like seven, eight years ago when this wasn't as like out in the open. Sure. But, but yeah, she, she straight up told me. And then of course I had all the questions and was like, tell me how does, 
what how how <laughs> um okay cool um yeah and she wasn't all like uh you know she didn't have the the big hair the platform shoes or like she just like looked like a normal chill chick which was yeah interesting so so you've seen like the range of sugar babies from like the high the high level down to the I guess undercover the undercover sugar baby. Yeah, I yes. Mhm. I I might I think the idea of high level might not be accurate, but you know, yeah. Well, I I would say presenting. How about that? Would that would that work? Presenting as a sugar baby, like if I were to see you, I wouldn't. You know, I would I would draw a conclusion versus the other one who who is like incognito, right? She's in, in a, yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. So I guess that was that was the the range. You've seen a range of such, right? Yeah, yeah, and still not even judging it. I'm just saying that I think like like I I. uh yeah, the most recent one, just just totally different. Like, but I don't know. Like, I don't know how do how do I even put this? I'm whatever. It's, it, it is what it is. Water under the bridge. Hey, I wonder, how, I wonder how they're doing these days with this COVID lockup. Wonder like, I mean, I I wonder if they're just like if they're like skyping, like or like they're like let's let's do a Zoom sugar chat. I mean, I wonder if her rent is still getting paid. How how are these people doing? That's, that's my question. That's a I mean this the COVID-19 has affected has affected many industries. You know, <laughs> from from hospitality on down, you know. I mean, there are people furloughed. Are there furloughed sugar babies? How does this yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> How does there's we I feel like we've uh, we've really uh, tapped into uh, a lot uh, in that in that regard. Um, so so what would you say? So you've worked in New York, you worked in Chicago. Um, mm-hmm. Is there what's the difference between? Is there a difference between the two uh, nightlife scenes? Like what does that look like? Yeah, yeah, there is a big difference. Um, the the first thing that I had to get used to moving here was that so the average pour for alcohol in in New York is two ounces right mm-hmm. like if you're getting a vodka soda it's like two ounces of of booze in there right. um and in Chicago it's one point five is what I guess is like I mean from what I've been told right. is it's the industry standard depending on what you're like. Uh, like your cocktail build is and what cocktail you're making. But on average, if you're making, like if you're comparing vodka soda to vodka soda, it's, it's two ounces as opposed to 1.5 ounces here in Chicago now. Um, so that's, that's a little different. Um, and then like also the whole, not every bar is a 4am bar. (laughs) 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 So, um, yeah. So like most bars here, uh, have like a 2 a.m. license mm-hmm. and then there are some that have 4 a.m. licenses and then and I don't totally understand this yet if I'm being totally if I'm being honest but but there are some bars that can stay open on like Friday or Saturday night until 5 a.m. and so god damn yeah yeah um and so there's that and then so that so that's different and also just like a whole um just a whole rabbit hole that 
I'm like another hour. I mean, I've jumped down a few times. I try not to, but I'm old now. <laughs> Same. But yeah, so that's that's a big difference as far as drinking culture goes. Um, I don't know. Uh, it's definitely different. Um, yeah. But you know. It, there's such a big drinking culture here in Chicago. You know, there's more bars per square mile in Chicago than there is in any other place in the U S interesting. So, yeah. So it's kind of, yeah. So it's kind of wild. It, uh, it's really competitive as far as bartenders go. Mm-hmm. Um, and the thing is, is here, everybody really does know what they're doing. Like it's, it, if you, if you see somebody behind a bar, generally speaking, they're, they're not going to fake it. Like you can't really fake it here. Whereas in New York, I feel like, you know, like there, there's, there's a big difference, you know? Yeah. I mean, I, I think to your point, uh, you know, I've, I've partied in Chicago a little bit, but obviously partied more in New York where like, yeah, I definitely, you know, met and seen bartenders who are just like, well, you know, beer and shot. And like, if you were to push that, they'd be like, yeah, I don't know how to make a gimlet or whatever, you know, just throw out yeah. a random. Um, so now, um, so let me ask you, like, are there, are there any sort of standout moments in Chicago that you've seen? Because you've been there for a few years now, right? Yeah, I've been here for two years. Um, so the difference between my experience in Chicago and my experience in New York is that I actually, um, I jumped into management when I moved here. Oh, so, wow. Okay. Yeah. And I have a bunch of actual stories from here just on that end, just because there's just all sorts of weird things that happened. Um, but yeah, from, from that end, like I was like the preferred, like I swear, I swear to God, like I was, I was like the preferred manager to yell at. So it'd be like, it, it was almost like this thing of like, Hey, <laughs> Hey, let me go. Let me go get Nicole. You're going to love her. It's so good to yell at her. You're going to feel so great afterwards. It's like a therapeutic spa, spa experience to like <laughs> me an asshole. And that can be confirmed by the other managers. I mean, my GM at one point was like, he was like, God, why does this always happen to you? And I'm like, dude, I don't know. I don't know how this happens, but, um, there was one time and this is like not getting yelled at, but this was wild. This was like maybe like not this past holiday season, but the season before okay. there's, there's a woman who was having a party, throwing a party, uh, at, at our place of business. And I was, and she was, she was in, um, she was in a wheelchair. Okay. Like a, but a big wheelchair. It wasn't like one of the small ones It's one that like, uh, like it unfolds and it stands up. Wow. Like, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I got it. Do you know what I mean? So it moves into a standing position as you like hit the controls on the side of it. I get it. Yeah. 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 So I met her party like it's, so the club is multi-level. So I met her party upstairs and brought her into the elevator and was leading her down. Um, we got off the elevator downstairs and there's a ramp that goes down. So this club is like 20,000 square feet. It's big. God damn. So, yeah, it's huge. So I'm like leading her to their, their space where they're having their party. And, um, and she, I'm, I'm sure by accident, um, rammed into the back of my heel really uh, hard. Yeah. And so I like her, their space was like a few, like, like maybe 15 feet away from that. So I like hobble over there and I 
like, and I'm about to give her the rundown of like, okay, so this is going to be your serve. Blah, blah, blah. Like give her the whole greeting and all that. And I really couldn't get words out. And I just kind of started tearing up because it hurt really, really, really bad. Oh, and geez. so I, so I just kind of stared at her, teared up and then turned around and walked away. Um, <laughs> yeah. So I walk into like back a house, like right next to the kitchen, I'm standing there and I have like my, like my one leg crossed over the other one. I'm just standing there leaning against the wall, trying not to lose it. And I look down and there's just blood and like what looks to be like something like sticking out a little bit. And oh, I'm just like, fuck. What, what did I just do? So, um, so I like ask one of the servers like, Hey, can you go and talk to them? Like, I can't like do this. So like 10 minutes later, another manager is on shift. So he comes down he's like, what did you do? And I was like, I, I, got, I gotta go up to the office. I don't know. I don't know. So I go up to the office. I'm out like, sitting there for a while and I was thinking like if I can put a little pressure on this if I like you know see what yeah like I I I, I can't I can't put pressure on this foot like it hurts really bad I can't like I can't like put my heel down I can't like it's it's just it's bad so I'm like all right I gotta I gotta go to the doctor so our chef at the time ends up driving to the doctor but he didn't want to park so he like pulls a wheelchair up, sticks me in the wheelchair and like basically like pushed me through the front door of the ER. (laughs) Good luck. Okay. So I, I, I wheel in there. Um, you know, Oh my God. I I mean, long story short, this woman ended up tearing, I ended up tearing my Achilles. (gasps) Oh, Oh, (laughs) so she rammed your Achilles and, Oh, Sorry. Yeah. I just, I got but listen, joke. but listen, it gets better. Okay. Go on. So I'm at the ER. Meanwhile, back at work. Back um, at the ranch. Back at the ranch. I also need to add that she was throwing a benefit that evening, which I found out later, a benefit that evening for herself. She organized the benefit for herself. Literally. Yes. Literally. Quite literally. All right. Um, um, anyway, so, so, so I hear the next day, so the next day we had an all staff meeting and so like all, our entire staff was there and they were like, you know, I don't, I don't mean to upset you more cause you're on crutches now and you're going to be on crutches for like six months. Right. But, but, um, so her, her now, her, I guess her now fiance proposed to her. <laughs> later on that evening at the club. And so I was like, oh, so it was like the best day of her life. Okay. Okay. Oh, my God. After she tore my Achilles and didn't even um, acknowledge it. Like, she didn't She didn't say sorry. She didn't, like, I just hobbled over there, stared at her, and then almost cried and walked away. But oh, my God. Nothing, yeah. Cold-hearted. <laughs> Yeah, and then I also heard that the, the manager who had come on, that he was helping her bring, like, packages out to her her car and that she had brought, like, the ramp down on his knees and almost smashed him. Yo, what is... Yeah. This is like a supervillain. I know. <laughs> this is... This is... This is a... You got really terrorized by a woman in a wheelchair who took you out and damn near took out another manager. God damn. That is, yeah. that is a scary, like luckily your management and you got insurance and shit. Yeah. 
You know what I mean? Because, oof. Well, it's work, no, well, I mean, it's workman's comp. So if you get hurt at work, PSA to everybody, if you get hurt at work, like, make them pay for it. Yeah, well. <laughs> Your finger, they should pay for it. You fall downstairs, they should pay for it. It's just, it's, it's the ethical thing to do. Come on. It's 2020. Let's, uh, let's tighten it up here. Now, well, let me ask you. So with workers comp, like if you need medical, like, are, does that, I'm, I'm like losing my words here, but with workers comp, would they cover the medical bills or is that just you get paid out? No, they should. Yeah. So like legally, every, um, every, place of business needs to have workman's comp insurance. They just do like every place is legally obligated to do that. Um, not that they are or that they do or whatever else, but they, they're legally obligated to do so. Um, and if you get hurt while you're on the job, while you're performing your, your duties, if you get hurt while you're on the job and you're performing the duties that your job entails, um, they are totally liable for it and they have insurance for it. So, so they're not coming out of pocket per se. Yeah, it's like these, like it's like you know, like the little man on the totem pole is always going to be the person in the dish pit, right? Mm-hmm. And you know, they cut themselves on a knife while they're cleaning something. Like it just the idea that, like you know, that 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 medical bill might not be taken care of is just like ridiculous. Like it is, it is, and it needs to be pushed, and you know, right. Um, well, uh, glad you glad you glad you came out the other side of it, a uh, healed human. Oh, uh, listen, man, I could tell you all the stories of getting hurt at different places, but yeah, I got punched in the face too by a really large teenager. There, I had two black eyes. Fuck! At the same place. I mean, he didn't try. He just brought his arm back really quickly and just popped me. It's actually on video and it's hilarious to watch. Oh my god! Well, yeah. there's that. What happened? Because he just walked. No, literally, literally, he was he was playing a game, and here I am being vague again about what game he was playing. But he was playing a game. I, I have an idea. Uh, I think yeah. everyone else there out there knows the game. Uh, yeah, and he swung his arm back, and he punched me in the face. Jesus Christ! <laughs> and this was outside the outside the venue, the establishment. No, this is in the venue. Yeah. What? All yeah. Right. Sorry, man. That's that is incredibly brazen, and also he didn't try. I mean, <laughs> he succeeded. Uh, yeah. <laughs> sounds like seems like he did all of that, um, and so well, and it's on video. So like, because we had cameras, so of course I went and looked it up. Oh my god. And just a right right hook or a right or a left jab. I don't know what punch you threw, but cause yeah, you can kind of see me just smile, grimace, and then just walk away. Kind of like <laughs> my reaction to everything, where I just like paste a smile on and then just like go and cry later. Oh my! I'm I'm so, I'm like I'm laughing, and I shouldn't. Uh, it is funny. It, like. But like, I mean, it, it is funny. Like, that's why I, if I didn't think this was funny, I wouldn't be telling y'all. But like, it's, it's definitely like, it's funny. I'm just thinking like what his, cause obviously, you know, if you're a teenager and you're, you know, you punch this woman, you don't expect the reaction of her to smile and then just walk away. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, 
you're going into it not I wouldn't think you'd be going into it with that reaction in your mind so I think the reason why I've like been successful in this industry is because I'm not really that reactive to anything I don't like especially not since I've gotten older when I was younger I used to be a psycho but like as I've gotten older I like I definitely like will chill for a second think about it think through the situation not have a knee-jerk reaction right and and then move forward from that right so um so yeah, I think that's why like I I can do this, why why I've stayed in this industry as long as I have and why I enjoy this industry. Um because I just kind of go, uh, cuz what 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 would have happened if I would have screamed at him and and like like gotten pissed off and then been like you fucking fuck me at me. I mean, like what what good would have that come of that? It was an accident. I knew it was an accident. I know he didn't try. He does need to be more careful. But I mean, but also, not going to do that again. <laughs> yeah, probably uh, probably not going to uh, uh, go down that road. Um, well, you know, uh, again, uh, glad uh, glad you survived. Uh, um, and, you know, hopefully uh, hopefully everyone, hopefully uh, parties involved learned a lesson that perhaps this isn't a fun game to play. Uh, so, all right. Now we have uh we thank you for sharing the, the life and times uh Nicole here. This has <laughs> been this has been quite a journey from an Achilles tear to the weed Santa. We have heard we have heard so much here. Um and that so that'll bring us to our next segment of the show, right? Which is our uh, five questions for our guest, right? And now this is part of the show where, you know, think inside the actor studio but with alcohol, right? Um, so I'm going to ask you five questions and, you know, love to hear what your response is. So here goes. Question number one, what is a myth people have about being a bartender? What is a misconception you think people, people have about what, what goes into the work? Um, I don't know if I, if it's so much as like a myth about being a bartender but the misconception of what goes into the work, uh, Long Island iced teas are not as strong as everybody thinks they are. Really? There you go. I said it. Yeah, because it's half an ounce of booze um, per per booze you're using. If you're using five different boozes, that's only two and a half ounces of liquor, right? And right. then a half ounce of that is triple sack, which isn't even full proof. Right. Right. And so if you like, like we were talking about before, if you're looking at like the average pour in New York city being two ounces, you're literally looking at a half ounce more of booze than you would in a regular drink. Cause the, the, I guess the original, I mean, I say the original recipe, there's so many iterations of it, but, <laughs> the original, but the OG. Like, yeah, but if, I mean, I think it came about in like the seventies or something uh, in, in obviously in long Island, but, um, but yeah, it's actually not that strong. There you go, folks. Uh, so yeah. all y'all, uh, this is, there was a time when you could go to a bar and sit at it and enjoy a Long Island iced tea. Um, just know that you're not getting as fucked up as you uh, think you are. I crushed your dreams. And then, and then also, um, I'm still going to charge you a lot for it because it just turns out that it's like the douchebag tax. If you're yeah. ordering Long Island, you're just getting charged for it. Sorry. It's like a Red Bull and vodka tax. Uh, same, same deal. Um, so question number two, 
What is the biggest tip you've received? Like, uh, when I, when I worked in the South Street Seaport, it's right next to like the Wall Street area. Right. And when the commodities brokers would have a good day, <laughs> they would head on over. And, um, so like, I think one day in particular, there's this guy and he, with every drink he ordered, he would just put a hundred dollars down in the bar. Yo. Um, yeah. And so then he actually didn't order that much, but then he started ordering rounds for the bar. And every time he'd order a round for the bar, he would put a hundred bucks down. Per drink so, within the. Per drink. Okay. Yeah. Whoa. So by the end of this, I had like 1500, 1600. And this is only in like the count of like maybe two, three hours. So like, so for an individual tip that I just took home the entire thing, it was like 1500, 1600. But there's also been times before too, where like we work large enough parties that like the gratuity on that's like $20,000. It's just divided amongst Split people. Split amongst, right, right. Yeah. But shit, sixteen hundred. In one fell swoop, yeah. Like I've walked out of places before the recession, and I worked at clubs and stuff. Before that happened, sometimes like, yeah, like it would be like twenty. Like the recession happened in two thousand eight. Pre that, it would be like, I don't know, like stupid money. It was like three thousand dollars a night. Sometimes two thousand. Man, the golden the golden era when times were a lot more flush. Uh, yeah. So question number three, what's your biggest pet peeve of a customer? What's the one thing that you're like, you know what? I'd rather you didn't do that. Um, I'd rather than not be children. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I should rephrase something they have control over. Uh, not no, be, oh, like maturity wise. Okay. Children so. and bars. Like, yeah, okay, got it. I hate, I hate it. I think there's no room for it. I think that they should all leave. I mean, I'm going to get a lot of hate on this, but I'm sorry. But, like, even, like, moms with the kids are, like, fucking terrible. I'm sorry. It's true, though. Um, and then the children in general, just, like, please make them go away. It's terrifying. And, it's, yeah. uh, well, you know, it's funny. You, I'll just say this, uh, very quickly before we get to our, uh, last two questions. But, uh, in, you know, I was at a bar not, not too far from where I live and there was a kid who was an absolute fucking terror. Right. Mm-hmm. Like it was a, but it was a bar restaurant. Like, so like there was like booths and shit like that. But like this was, I guess, more of a situation where like the parent was just like, oh, we're at a bar, so I'm not responsible for my kid. Like, mm-hmm. the staff will just take care of my child, which is insane. But, like, I just remember sitting at the bar, and, like, this kid was just, like, pounding on the bar, was just doing everything they could to just be a nightmare. And the collective energy was just, like, someone remove this child. No one has paid to sit here and watch your child. So I get it. Well, that's the all the time, yeah. Like it's this weird, really weird sense of entitlement. It's yeah. I I, I, I can't. Um, yeah, yeah. I'd prefer not. Ever. I, don't bring so don't bring your kids. Keep your kids yeah, at home. Your kids home. Uh, <laughs> now give them a happy meal. Give them a yeah. happy meal. Uh, and, and done with it. <laughs> they'll yeah, be fine. They'll be all right. Question four. 
If you owned your own bar, what would you name it? Mm, I don't know. I like, I'm really bad at naming things just in general. Um, I don't have any idea. Um, and I knew this question was coming because I, I was going to say, you've listened to the show, yeah. listened to like seven episodes, six episodes. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. So <laughs> seven episodes later, still don't know what I'm going to name a bar. <laughs> um, I, I literally, I have no idea. Like I, so funny, funny too. I've made, I've had to make cocktail I've, I've created cocktail programs before and I will tell you the worst part about it is actually trying to name these cocktails. I cannot come up with a fucking name for any of these if my life depends on it. And in fact, one of them was put on a menu as insert witty name here <laughs> because I couldn't, you know, and, and they printed that insert witty insert name, here, name on here. That menu. And I was like, I don't think that's what I, but okay. So maybe, maybe that's what I call the bar. Insert witty name here. Cause like literally I cannot come up with it. Hey, you know what? Uh, we'll take it. If that's, if that's what, that's what we got. That's what we got. And so, you know, there's no right answer. Or like know? TV, TBDA. TB, to be determined as. The bartender's drunk ass as i don't know whatever <laughs> all right well, we'll always we'll take it we'll take it yeah. <laughs> all right a little easier question right coming down the line what is your favorite drink to have what uh, do you enjoy drinking i mean i'm like a garbage disposal <laughs> Any, anything <laughs> yeah no, but I mean, I'm, I'm not even kidding. Um, I will drink literally any, like pretty much anything. I wouldn't say literally, but like uh, pretty much anything I, I'm like, okay. And then I'll drink. I mean, um, if I like had my choice and it didn't impose on anybody and like, I mean, you know, I'm a big fan of the Bloody Mary. I was going to say, I thought you were going to go Bloody Mary on this one. I mean, yes, but I'm also not going to walk into a bar at, like, 10 o'clock when they're busy and be like, hello, can I have a Bloody Mary, please? You know, I wouldn't do that. But um, but I almost always want a Bloody Mary. It's a thing. Um, I like savory cocktails. It's just I really like savory cocktails. But if I go out to a bar, it's a beer and a shot. Beer and it's a shot. It's a, literally a shot of vodka, which I get made fun of by almost constantly. And then like a cheap ass beer, whatever cheap beer they have. I am. Um, well, you know, I like, yeah, I don't shoot vodka necessarily. But, you know, again, if that's that's your jam, yeah. that's your jam. I'm not here to I ain't here to take that from me. Um, but, uh, yeah, I would I was going to say I would really have thought uh, Bloody Mary is your weapon. Of tra- you make admit you make a good Bloody Mary. I've had them. Oh, yeah. I can. I mean, it is, it is my, it's, it's like the guilty, the guilty fave, fave on that one. Own it. Own the shit. I mean, yeah, I just don't want to make anybody make it. That's the problem. So I generally just do it myself. Or there is a place, um, in New York City, uh, it's called Welcome to the Johnsons. I've been there. I am familiar. Yeah. And there's a chick there. Her name is Lou. Shout out to Lou. And I'm shouting out Lou right now, but she uh, makes a really, really good Bloody Mary. 
um, and can pretty much get her to do it any time. She'll just, she'll do it. Especially if I'm in, yeah, yeah, it's, it's great. There's, um, well, you know, there's, uh, oh God, was Although it? I don't want to promise that to anybody because she's going to be like, oh. Well, I would say, you know, I mean, this episode will be out, um, soon, but yeah, I would say that probably bars in New York, I don't know what, uh, we've got some time. Uh, I feel like we're going to be on ice for a minute. Um, now, uh, so those are our five questions. All right. And thank you for, uh, for all of them. Even, even insert Woody bar here. We'll take it. <laughs> we're going to have to, uh, Nicole, we're going to have to work with it. Uh, so now final part of our show. And this is my personal favorite part. Uh, this part of the show called what were you drinking now? This is where I go into my Facebook timeline and I find some of the more messier posts that people have uh, put up and we have to be assuming that they were drunk when they did it. Um, and so it is now up to you as a bartender over the years who have seen people drunk off of so many different things for you to really figure out what do you think they were drinking when they wrote this. So here it is. <clears throat> I just led my probation class online because the teacher had no sound. You'd think they would let me out early. What do you think they were drinking when they decided to take it upon themselves to uh, lead their probation class online? Jim, I really didn't think you were just going to pull, you know, like tweets off my Facebook. (laughs) (laughs) This is a very meta part of the show where I... Where, what were you specifically drinking, Nicole, when you got <laughs> drunk and led your probation uh, class online? Um, no, this is, net, for the record, this is not from uh, your, <laughs> maybe from your life. <laughs> this, this could be very well from how you've lived, but not from the research that I've done uh, vis-a-vis. Uh, nah, no, I've never, I've never been on probation. Dot, dot, dot. <laughs> um... Huh? What do you think? I can ask if it's a it's a, is a dude or a chick. That's fair. Quite you know that is, uh, and many guests have asked. It is a woman. Cool. Puts a spin on it. What do you think? So she's leading a probation class online. Online. Sitting at a computer. Got to be like a COVID thing, right? I would assume, yeah. Uh, we could, it's topical. This is a topical, uh, 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 you know, I think like if you're on probation, so this is the whole scenario I'm bringing up. She's definitely got an ankle bracelet on, you know, she's sure. Yeah. 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 Putting, she's putting on like these, these classes online. Um, she can't leave her house. Right. And then also like, Assuming because a lot of your friends probably on on your thing are from, are from New York, right? Yeah, so yeah. The lines at the liquor stores have to just be a goddamn nightmare, right? And mm-hmm. so I think she's probably just like housing. I I honestly think that she's probably just drinking, like, straight triple sec or something. And the reason for that is because a She's out of liquor. We've been in this for two months. This bitch is long. And B, she can't leave her house even if she wanted to because she's got her <laughs> bracelet on. 
<laughs> I think I said two reasons, but I mean three. And C, the lines at the liquor stores are too long. I mean, nobody's got time for that even in COVID. So, so it is this this woman is pounded, uh, fucking triple sack, and is on a sugary high, running through this probation class, uh, helping out helping out poor teach. That is funny. That is very funny. <laughs> if think. we weren't in COVID, I would I'd have a different like opinion on that because I don't know if she'd be leading an online probation class. I think you got to go to probation, right? Yeah, that definitely. I mean, they, they can't. You can't. Op, you can't do it remotely if you know pandemic. You, I've, a pandemic is going to force your hand to that, right? So, all right. Well, yes. Uh, this is uh, what were you drinking and. Great assessment, able to take what the context clues around the situation for us to really unpack how did we arrive uh, at this conclusion. And uh, thank you, Nicole, for your insight. You know, this is using everything around, uh, you know, and that's what makes a that's what makes a bartender great. Uh, so that is, uh, that is our show that, uh, thank you, Nicole, for, uh, kicking off our, uh, first, uh, episode of the second season. Uh, very excited, uh, to uh, have you on. Um, is there uh, anything you want to plug, uh, before we get out of here? Uh, you know, if, uh, where people might want to find you and say, Hey, I heard you from the show or whatever. Uh, you can find me on Instagram. My name is Lady Struck, which is Lady and then Struck, which is S-T-R-U-K. Um, I have like three followers, so don't worry, it's me. Um, <laughs> and then, and then, uh, the other thing too is, um, when we get, when we get back to all this, make sure that you are, uh, tipping your delivery people like crazy if you're getting that delivery right now and that takeout and all of that they are risking they're literally risking their lives to bring you your things so and and also it's super shitty without covid so it's it's extra shitty with covid so she's she's uh she's not wrong folks so uh yes um thank you uh again nicole for uh coming through here uh, if you want to find the show, uh, you can do that. Uh, again, of course, uh, openbartalk at gmail.com, openbartalk on Instagram. These are good places to get, uh, to find out about the show and email me. Uh, you know, I respond quickly. Uh, and, you know, uh, let's see, iTunes, uh, Stitcher, iHeartRadio. So a lot of different platforms. Rate, review, subscribe for God's sakes. Uh, you know, we're, uh, we're building this out here. Uh, it's been such a wonderful ride here despite everything that's going on out here in these streets. Uh, things are crazy. Um, support, uh, the hospitality community is very important. There's a lot of crazy shit going on. So if you find a GoFundMe for your local bar, throw in a couple bucks. They've been taking care of you for years. So you need to take care of them. So I want you to do that, listeners. Um, so, again, uh, thank you, Nicole, for uh, rocking out with me for an hour. Uh, and, you know, of course, uh, make sure you put a water between each drink, and we'll catch you on the next one. Peace.